The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So let's just dive right on in like we always do. There's always so much to (laughs) unpack and to discuss So let's start with St. Patrick's Day. So as most people know, Boston has a very large and important Irish community. And I will say that Boston would not be the city that it is uh, without the many contributions of the Irish community. Uh, Growing up, I had a lot of friends of Irish descent. And it's just... Boston's richer for this community. It's richer for, uh, I'll use the word contributions again, richer for the contributions of this community. So uh, St. Patrick's Day is is quite a, a special day in Boston. And I, along with so many other people who don't have Irish heritage, we like to joke that for that day, uh, we are uh, Irish as well. Uh, and it's just, it's a show of respect for our Irish friends. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe we have family members, um, co-workers, neighbors. It's it's a show of respect uh, for them and uh, their beautiful culture. And uh, there's also, um, you know, as part of that, um, or this time of year, uh, there are a series of uh, events, celebrations. And so there's the St. Patrick's Day breakfast that takes place every year. And it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a roast. In fact, I would say that it's a roast. And so the politicians get up and they, you know, take jabs at one another and they're supposed to be witty. They're supposed to be clever. And in fact, that's that's the ideal, right? So you go to the to 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 not these events, but this event, um, looking for uh, you know wit, witty repartee, uh, you know, good nature back uh, back and forth. Uh, now, some people say that this this tradition, because this breakfast is a tradition. Uh, has kind of uh, outlasted its its use. Uh, it's no longer relevant, and I <laughs> vehemently disagree. As I think many other Bostonians would. Uh, again, it's it's part of a series of events that mark uh, a, a time of year where we recognize the Irish uh, community in Boston. So again, uh, to the tone of this breakfast, it's it's supposed to be at the end of the day uh, good natured. Uh, 
So this particular breakfast, um, well, <laughs> it, you know, there were moments where maybe it might recall uh, what I said uh, the ideal uh, should be or, or what people look for or what people expect. Um, but it's also, it has also uh, caused uh, outcry. Uh, it's caused outrage because uh, the remarks that were made by Boston Mayor Michelle Wu are considered or have been considered, have been labeled racist. And so, you know, I'll share one particular line that has really, um, really angered a lot of people. So she was, you know, she started talking about how this past winter has been difficult for her. She isn't going, you know, she said, I'm not going to lie. Um, but then she went on to say, I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expensive, disruptive, and white. Now, I'm not one to jump on the outrage bandwagon because I just, it takes a lot of energy. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to be, uh, you know, perpetually outraged. Um, there are a lot of things that I am very upset about, very angry about even, um, but I prefer to, to kind of channel that. I've reached a stage in my life where I prefer to channel that and do something productive and do something that's actually going to change things, maybe not immediately, maybe not even in the foreseeable future. But the idea is that hopefully eventually uh, things will change, that whatever I'm doing, it's contributing to an overall effort to plant seeds, so to speak. So, right, I don't, I don't do, I don't do outrage. And, and quite frankly, it, you know, this, this, this need to be angry. I mean, it's one thing to be angry because you care and you see what's going on and you're beside yourself that, 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 that this is going on, that this is going on in a city that you love. So again, I'm not going to say I'm not angry because I am, but it's the way I decide to move and carry around this anger. I want to do something productive and I want to do something that's going to address the issues that have upset me. Uh, the outrage, the outrage game, and that's exactly what I call it, is something that really, that also actually angers me because, you know, a lot of people who are outraged, I, I want to ask them, like, where were you? I mean, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't be upset by, uh, you know, what Michelle Wu, Boston Mayor uh, Wu said, because uh, it is offensive. It's incredibly offensive. And I'm going to get to why I believe that it is. But my thing is, is that, you know, you have a lot of people now who are talking about all the politicians, calling them out, wanting to go to this house and wanting to go to that house. And I feel like, we didn't get to where we are overnight. And so what I always say is that it's been a steady march. And I'm someone who's unbelievably consistent. And I suppose that makes me fairly boring. And and that's okay. I, I <laughs> So I don't do outrage, but I do do boring. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do do boring. Um, yeah, that's perfectly fine. 
but I'm consistent in my rhetoric, my language, um, and how I choose. I'm going to use that phrase again, how, to, how I choose to move. So, you know, what does that mean? That means that I, you know, I check out all the politicians. I look at their platforms. I take the time to look at their platforms. Uh, I take the time to show up for events, forums. Now, I appreciate that, you know, a lot of people might have obligations that prevent them from doing some of what I do. But then again, uh, I have obligations that prevent me from doing what some other people do. So, you know, I, I, I try to prioritize, you know, when I'm able, uh, you know, I try to prioritize going to these candidate events. Uh, and I always, no matter what I have on my plate, I always try to pay attention to what the candidates are saying. I watch how they behave, um, you know, before different audiences, because it's interesting to see the shift and how some people behave. And so I'm looking for candidates, for people in general, it could be an activist, uh, that is consistent, that doesn't change his or her positions uh, and function of the people in front of whom he or she finds himself or herself. So uh, I do that. I, you know, I will work to get someone on a ballot. I have done that. I, you know, in the in this most recent round of municipal elections in Boston, I was coll- actively collecting signatures for two candidates for the Boston City Council. Uh, they were running in different races, um, you know, because, of course, you have the art-large races, and those are the candidates that are running to represent the entirety of the city on the Harbor Islands. And then you have uh, candidates who are running to uh, represent pieces of the city. So the city is divided up into nine districts. So I was helping several candidates uh, to get on the ballot, and they they were successful uh, in getting on the ballot. I also collected signatures for a couple of uh, candidates for mayor. The, the point is, what, what I'm trying to say is that I try to pay attention. I try to be aware. I look beyond photo ops. I don't let other people make the decisions about who is good and who's not for me. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that I don't listen to what my friends and colleagues say, my family members, of course I do. But ultimately, I have to make the decision for myself. That's how I've always been. That's how I am, you know, now. And that's how I <laughs> I always, I see myself as being. I also try to implicate myself in every part of the process. So again, I very deliberately mentioned that I helped collect signatures because a lot of people don't even understand or realize that that is a critical part of the process. It is because, you know, obviously someone can still run if he or she's not on the ballot, um, but I speak from experience. Uh, it, it is it is significantly more difficult, and it's just it's it's 
it's really desirable to get on the ballot. It, it, it makes what is difficult, and that is running for office, just a little bit easier. Um, so I, that's why I argue, or that's why I've started to argue, is that in some respects, getting signatures is just as, if not more important than getting votes, uh, because you, you want to be in as strong a position as possible throughout your bid if you are a candidate. And, you know, I want good government. I want good government. I mean, obviously, I want people who think more along the lines uh, in which I think. Uh, however, I understand that I am a voice. I am not the voice. And so I try to be fair and I try to be balanced and I'm open to listening to other points of view as long as, you know, the people that hold those other points of view are willing to meet me uh, somewhere in the middle. So that's that's how I operate. Um, I will go to events. I will march in parades. Um, when I can, I, you know, I donate uh, money. I, you know, I, there are a lot of other things that I, I, I try to do. So I've you know, really over the years, I've actually helped a lot of candidates. Um, and again, it's all because I believe or I want to believe in the process. And I want, I really, truly want good government. So let's get back to these people who are outraged. I know some of these people who have been, you know, who have raised their profile from zero to, you know, 180. Um, I, I know some of these people. And so that's why I can say they're not out there. They haven't been out there getting signatures. They don't show up at events. They don't, you know, try to get the word out. They don't, you know, give people the boost, you know, people who are running for office, the boost that they need. Um, I, you know, I know that these people, um, they, they, they don't know all the issues. And I mean, to be fair, uh, who knows all the issues in great detail? I mean, no one knows everything, right? But a lot of these people, they have their set of issues and that's it. And, you know, to go from not being aware to uber aware, but somehow not ha without having really learned anything and without, at the end of the day, being any more knowledgeable than they were before, that that really <laughs> sticks in my craw <laughs> uh, because I, I think that I, I think that if you're going to be front and center, if you're going to be out there on the front lines, you really, you have, your game has to, you have to be on point. Your game has to be tight, so to speak, so that when you open up your mouth, even if you have particular issues or an issue that is especially dear to you, you still know that there are other things that are going around on. And, and, you know, you also should be able to speak to the different players and you should also be able to talk about what you can do or what can be done to remedy the situation, to, to remedy the issue, 
to address the issue that is is uh, bothering you. And I don't see a lot of that. And I also see that a lot of people, they'll make a lot of noise and they'll criticize, you know, this politician or that politician until that politician reaches out to him or her. And then all of a sudden that politician's good. Okay, so here's the thing. When I make noise, when I go after a politician, I'm not, it's not gratuitous. It's never gratuitous. And I always have a good reason. Now, someone might not agree with my position, but it's not, I'm not taking swipes just to take swipes. That's not how I function. Um, Quite frankly, I have, you know, a lot of things to do. Uh, My plate is generally, it's, it's generally overflowing, <laughs> so I don't really have time, or I'm, or should I say I'm not willing to make the time to engage in, uh, you know, activities that are, that are not fruitful. So, you know, so if I have something to say about a politician, um, you know, I have something that I can say, okay, this person did this, um, this is how I felt, or these were the consequences, or, or, or this is how the person has failed the office that he or she holds. I mean, I have something to say. And I got to tell you, if the person connects with me, you know, that doesn't all of a sudden make me say, oh, well, oh my gosh, that person's great. Or, you know, all of a sudden I don't, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to do an about face. Um, and, and and to that point, you know, I'm not speaking up and out because I want attention, because I'm, you know, running after that clout. I, you know, I speak up and out because I care, because I see things that are not right, that in my opinion are not right. And I would hope that most people, regardless of where they fall in the political spectrum, would also think that they're not right even if they have different ideas about how to address the issues. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, I see things that aren't right and I'm I'm going to say something. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And that's why you don't see me, um, you know, when it comes to politicians, that's why you don't see me try to curry favor with them. That's why all the years I've been active in politics, there are very, very, very few pictures of me in, a pol- in politicians. I think there's probably, oh my gosh, um, I want to say like three or four, and I don't even know if there are that many. I'm just, I'm not interested in taking a picture with a politician. I'm really not. Um, they don't, they don't do anything for me. So... Back to these people who are very upset. Um, If all they're doing is being outraged, that's ephemeral. That, like, in other words, that activity, whatever they say and do while being outraged, that's not going to really make a difference at the end of the day. And, and 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 to to speak to that point, you you have Michelle Wu. I know she's raising money. 
She is continuing to raise money. She is continuing to build a war chest. Okay, so people can be outraged. They can be upset. But what's the game plan? Were you going to just post about it on social media? Okay. That might get you attention, but what are you looking to do? Is the idea just to be upset and be more upset than the person next to you? (laughs) Well, if that's the case, I'm not interested. Let me give you an example, a concrete example. I know someone who is completely disgusted by what Michelle said, that line, which I'll read again. I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expensive, disruptive, and white. This individual was absolutely disgusted with this this line. But let me tell you about this individual. I don't know if he always votes. He doesn't make it a point to be informed about different races. And he can't even bother to sign someone's nomination paper, even if he supposedly supports him or her. So it's like, okay, so you can't even do the minimum. You can't you can neither sign someone's nomination paper, you know, a candidate that you supposedly support, and you don't always vote. Um, or, you know, or, or, or if you vote, you vote uninformed. So I just, I don't understand, like, why are you upset then? You know, I used to think that if you don't vote, you can't complain. I'm going to revise that. I'm going to say that if you're not implicated in the entirety of the process, and if you don't make a point to keep at least one eye on your elected voices, don't complain. And so no one wants to hear that because what they want to do you know, this, this, you know, the, well, I should say this particular group of people that I've been talking about at length is that they want to be right. They want to be insightful. They want to be recognized for being right and insightful. And it's like, okay, but if you're not doing anything to, change what is what is destroying in this case and I'll get into this destroying the community com- or communities I I don't I don't really want to hear it anymore I'm just I'm I'm over I'm over this and the thing is I'll say this I'm on the political right but for lack of a better word I almost have a kind of regard for the political left because they'll get outraged. They'll post a lot online. But tell, but I'm going to tell you something. They get out and vote. They get out and vote. They contribute money. They give candidates in whom they believe or whom they support um, 
because it's not even about, you know, I feel like the political left, it's not even about and candidates whom they believe. It's more like candidates who say what they want to hear and who are willing to push their agenda. So that, that you know, the, there's that or that's that. But the fact remains is that they get out and do what they need to do. They collect signatures. They knock on doors. They hold signs. And so whatever it is that they can do, they do it. On the political right, they just want to be right and insightful. Now, you have a few people, of course, who get out there and they hit the pavement. Um, They do everything that they can do to get the candidates whom they like elected. But I got to tell you, the left is far better mobilized than the right. And I'm going to tell you something else. They play the long game. So they roll up their sleeves and they know that, okay, we're not going to get everything that we want overnight. So we're going to push for this. They're very strategic. And then once they get that, then they can push for what they really want. And then I'm going to tell you something else that the political left does. They don't let anybody tell them where they can and cannot go. You know, uh, the District 6, so I talked about the municipal races in Boston. Uh, Long-term city councilor, uh, long-term District 6 city councilor, Matt O'Malley. I love Matt. Matt's great. Um, and what I like about Matt is it's not about, well, I've always agreed with him. It's just that he's he's respectful. He's always been respectful, and he will meet you halfway. And you know, at the end of the day, that's what you want. That's what you want. Um, but when he announced that he would not run for re-election, you know, he had several people stand up to run for his seat. And it was funny because part of uh, this district includes, you know, as many people know, and for the people who might be less familiar with Boston's geography, West Roxbury, which has long been a very much uh, a conservative and family, very family-oriented um, part of the city. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, it, it's, you know, family, it's, Boston is family-oriented throughout. Um, it, it is. It's it's not just one neighborhood versus another, but um, how that looks, uh, it varies from neighborhood to neighborhood. Um, so it's very... Um, when I say it varies from neighborhood to neighborhood, uh, you might have like extended family uh, living, you know, with, with you know, a particular family. Uh, that might be a little bit more common in one neighborhood versus another. Um, I mean, there's certain things that you can find throughout the city. Um, like, so for instance, there are people like, well, this is the home that I grew up in and I've always been here. So you can find that throughout the city, although a little less now than before. Um, but, you know, West Roxbury, for some people, for a number of people over the years, has been particularly desirable because it's still the city, but it has very much a suburban feel. But it's, trust me, it's very much Boston. 
but you you do feel in in some ways that you're out in the suburbs. Um. So it's you know it's it's been considered long um, a conservative a conservative stronghold. And so one of the candidates running, uh, Kendra Lara, uh, she she ran as Kendra Hicks, and I guess she took her, I believe, uh, I believe it's her maiden name. Um, she, you know, she's she's a Democrat socialist. So I'm not one of those people who throws on, oh, you're a commie, you're a socialist, you're this, you're that. No, no, she is. You know, there's a faction of the Democratic Party. And they call themselves Democrat socialists. She's one of them. And, you know, the other candidates, so, you know, of course, it was, you know, there was there were more than two candidates. It was narrowed down to two. The other candidate, Mary Tamer, she is fabulous. She is so graceful. She is such a lovely human being on the inside and out. And she would have been a terrific city councilor. Well. Why am I telling you all this? Because there were some people who honestly thought that West Roxbury was going to save the day. And it's like, seriously? Like, what you need to do is you need to make inroads in Jamaica Plain. Now, of course, Mary's team, they were a great team, and they tried to do that. But the people who, you know, the people who, like, you know, the armchair you know, analysts and the people say, oh, yeah, I'm with you. or I support you or she's great or he's great. And then they don't do much of anything. Right. These people, it's just I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what alternate universe they live in, because. Again, the left, they don't let anyone tell them where they can and cannot go. So what is How does that translate? They go wherever they want, and they're undaunted, they're fearless. So they've made inroads in West Roxbury. You know what, but you know what needs to happen in Jamaica Plain, which, you know, a lot of Bostonians call JP? The right needs to go into Jamaica Plain with the understanding that change isn't going to happen overnight, but... You know, you, you got to make the effort. You got to roll up the seas. You got to start somewhere. And the, and the thing is, there are more people in Jamaica Plain who are reasonable, who are willing to meet people in the middle, who might even be conservative, than, than many people know, you know, believe. You know, it's most people think, oh, well, it's just a liberal bastion. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. But... If you don't even go in there, how are you going to know? And so, you know, it gets back to my point. Like now I just, if you're not implicated in the whole process, I don't, I don't want to hear from you. You can't even sign a nomination paper. You can't even hold a sign. You can't donate $3. You can't, you know, go to an event. You can't, you can't even share a link with a friend. You can't. I mean, but you're going to be outraged, you know, when this happens or when that happens. You, you know, I th I think that a lot of people need to sit down and think, you know, what kind of community, what kind of city 
do I want to live in? And don't even get me started about voting. <laughs> you know, like if, if we just if we just talked about actually going out to vote, because it's consistently like 20 percent, 30, you know, 32, 34 percent. You know, if it gets to like if it got to like something like 36 or 37 upper 30s, like that would be phenomenal. How sad is that? So, all right, so let's get back to Michelle Wu. So for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to Rachel Meiselman. Uh, this is Bostonian Rap, WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston. And this, of course, is Boston's community radio station. And so... I've been talking, it's not not enough just to talk about what Michelle Wu said. You got to talk about the whole lay of the land and how people are reacting. But then what do they do otherwise? Or what haven't they done otherwise, right? So here's the line again. I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expensive, disruptive, and white. And so that, of course, is referring to the protesters that have shown up at her home. And so I want to talk more about those protesters um, because that really factors in, I think, well, really factors in, I think it also factors in um, as to why this line and just overall what Michelle Wu had to say at the St. Patrick's Day breakfast, why it was so offensive. Um, But I've kind of thrown a lot out there. Um, So let's just take a quick break. Uh, And then when we come back, I'm going to dive right back on into this. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP or call toll free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Mario fue pintor más de 30 años. Un día me dijo, me dijeron que pintara el marco por dentro y pinté el lado de afuera. Si algo se nota diferente podría ser Alzheimer. Es momento de hablarlo. Un mensaje de the Alzheimer's Association y the Ad Council. You went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hello and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman and you are, of course, listening to me on WBCALP. 102.9 FM Boston. So Michelle Wu, um, I can't even say has ticked people off or continues to tick people off. I just, I think at this point, it's just, it's just another reason why people are just so unhappy with her. Now, to be clear, uh, or, or, or to be clear, to be, uh, uh, you know, balanced, 
I'm not going to say that she doesn't have any support. She does. Um, but really, I think that what we're seeing now in Boston, I think that it is 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 been very much, I don't like to use the tr- uh, cliche term wake up call, but it's really been, uh, it's it's given a lot of people a serious jolt because you have a lot of people that are, um, or have, you know, they're, they're, well, they're lifelong Democrats. They've been lifelong Democrats and they might've even considered themselves liberal, but they're seeing what's happening now and they're like, whoa, what's going on here? So let, let's, let's, let's look at why what Michelle Wu said you know, my, I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expen- expensive, disruptive, and white. Uh, it's offensive for a lot of reasons because, first of all, I'm kind of, you know, as as a woman, a mixed race woman, you know, I have a black parent, a white parent. You know, if I if I speak up about discrimination against black people, you know, people like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, woo. But if I speak up uh, about discrimination against white people, well, you know, things become significantly uh, more muted or they, they become muted, right? Uh, people don't have much to say. Um, people look to change the subject. Uh, they're not really interested in hearing what, you know, I have to say, or at least that's how it has been. Now it's changed because people are now starting to say, well, wait a minute. Things have gotten to a point where I just don't feel like I count. And so there are a lot of reasons why people might feel now in Boston as if they do not count, as if their voices don't matter. Number one, if they don't ascribe to the same school of politics as Mayor Wu, they're not going to be heard. They're not going to get a job in her administration. They're not going to be appointed to her commission. And they're not even they're, <laughs> they're not even going to be given the courtesy um, as human beings uh, of being uh, of being listened to. They're not they're not going to. And it is a courtesy. It is. It's, it's, it's a measure of respect. And, and it's it's just people are not getting it. So. You're either aboard, you know, all aboard the woo train, woo, woo. You're either all aboard or you're not. And I just, it's, it's just, it's really reached a boiling point. Uh, People should be able to hold the beliefs that they want and they should still be heard. Now, obviously, you know, there's some beliefs out there. There, there are certain bodies of beliefs that are, are reprehensible, and that most of us mercifully can. <laughs> although we live in a very polarized day and age, uh, you know, we can we can kind of um, coalesce around the idea that okay, that particular body of beliefs is 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 reprehensible. It's despicable. It's deplorable. Whatever. Um, but you know, apart from that, I mean, people. And 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 I'll say even <laughs> maybe this is a subject for another show, but even sometimes when people say reprehensible things, you say, "Well, the person has a right to think that," but then it's what he or she might say or do, and so again, it's 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 a complicated issue because 
you know, we do have a wide berth, but that doesn't mean people can say whatever they want. So I'll leave that to one side. But what I will say, speaking broadly, people have a right to their own set of beliefs, and they should not be made to feel less than who and what they are because they don't agree or they are not in sync with this person or that person. That is not America, and it's certainly not Boston in particular. So there's already that. But to speak more particularly to you know, the remarks of Mayor Wu at this at this breakfast, um, you know, this idea of, of you know, white people and, and, and there, there's something wrong with white people that white people have something to learn that they have to, their efforts that they need to make. Well, I would say that, yeah, that's true. There are efforts that white people need to make. But guess what? There are efforts that black people need to make and there are efforts that uh, Latino people need to make and Asian people need to make. The point is, is that we we all need to make some efforts. Um, And we're living in a day and age. We're not living in the 1930s. Uh, We're not living in the 1950s, 1960s. Now, that's not to say that there are not some parts of this country um, where things might be a little bit more difficult than others. Um, I'm not trying to say that they're not different people um, throughout the nation, regardless of where we're talking about. Uh, it could be New York City, it could be L.A., it could be Chicago, who don't say things that are profoundly ignorant. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, ignorance and hatefulness, it's everywhere uh, in the big cities to, the, you know, the more rural areas. Um, but I'm also trying to say that, again, it's not the 1930s, it's not the 1950s, and it's not the 1960s. And so wherever one may live within the United States, wherever one may be, there there is uh, essentially an understanding of, of what is appropriate and what's not. And it's just, we all need to make an effort, and that's that. We do. And I I really hold firmly to this, but what I personally, and, and I'm not alone, of course, um, you know, what so many of us are met with is that, well, if you're white, you've got to make an extra effort. You have to do a little bit more. You have to take make... You have to take those extra few steps um, because you are the root of what is wrong. And I'm sorry, but I think that anyone can be racist and that anyone can be the target of discrimination. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're living, quite frankly, in a, in a climate where we've gone from trying to fight for equality to working to establish a country, an environment, a city, a state, a country, yeah, a country, uh, where some people are more equal than others. I mean, white people have feelings, just like black people, just like, you know, I could say brown, pink, purple, you know, humans have feelings. 
And this this systematic insulting and and really kind of um, censoring of of white people. It's it's disturbing. It's disturbing, and it needs to stop. And it's this whole idea that not only if you're white, there's something wrong with you, but also if you're a white male. And that's supposed to be particularly toxic. Again, the idea is not to create a system where we have one set of people who are more equal than others. The idea is to create a level playing field, an environment, communities where we're all respected where we're all treated with, you know, basic common decency because we're all human. (laughs) Before we're white, black, you know, Latino, Asian, we're human. So there's already that. And I'm just, I'm really tired of this idea that, again, you know, if you're white, there's something that just, you have to work on yourself. I mean, that that's such an offensive concept. Um, you know, white people today, they don't need to apologize for slavery. They don't. And, I mean, I'll talk more about that uh, at another point in time. But this idea of making people of today apologize for something that they have, they, you know, they had nothing to do with, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. So there's already that. But another thing that disturbs me greatly about Michelle Wu's statement is that there are people of color who have been protesting her. There have been, I see different looking people, you know, different, different shapes, sizes, colors. I've seen a mix of people from different walks of life who've been protesting her. And I got to tell you, just like all white people aren't the source of evil or everything that's wrong, um, I mean, you, you just, how can you categorize, uh, how, how can you, you know, unequivocally paint one group, uh, as good or bad? I don't understand that. So just like white people are not the source of everything that's wrong, uh, black people don't all ascribe to one set of beliefs. I mean, it's the idea that one group is this or that or these or those just by the virtue of being that color, that's racism. (laughs) That's racism right there. And I just, I'm not interested in assuming what a person's like because of his skin color. I want to get to know the person. And as someone who's half black and half white, I find it incredibly offensive when assumptions are made about either blacks or whites. And so I'll get so let me get back then to my second point where 
just because you're a person of color doesn't mean you're going to agree with Michelle Wu. It doesn't mean that you're going to agree with the far left. It doesn't mean that you're going to have one, actually it doesn't mean that you're going to have one set of beliefs one way or the other. And, and, and it's just, I'm tired of people, you know, whether it's expressing surprise. I mean, if I, if I put the subject of this, this, this show to one side, and that is Mayor Wu's comments, because I do think it deserves a show unto itself, obviously, right? Because that's what we're doing tonight. Um, but if I speak, you know, if I speak more broadly, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of the assumptions that are made about people because of their skin color. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And, and I feel like, I feel like when I was growing up in Boston, there was certainly racism. I'm not going to pretend that there wasn't, but I felt that there were people who, many people who were very good from throughout the city that I had the privilege of getting to know. And I feel like I had conversations that were intellectually and morally honest and I felt more appreciated and respected growing up and as a young woman than now with this influx of people from, you know, who who ascribe to the political far left. I feel like with Michelle Wu, as you know, as the mayor, since she's been sworn in, I just think that the double standards, the hypocrisy, and I will say it, the bigotry, the racism, I, I, I see that it is really, quite frankly, it's, it's front and center. And it's, and, and for me, it's, it's worse than what I saw, anything that I saw in some ways when I was growing up because I could talk to someone or someone could talk to me and say, you know, that, that was bad. So even if people didn't take the stand that they needed to, there were enough of us that could call out racism wherever it came from. Um, and again, we could have honest conversations. An honest conversation could be had. But now we have these nasty, ignorant remarks being made. And what Michelle did said, I'm sorry, it was nasty and it was ignorant. Um, you know, and some people might say, well, you know, Rachel, you know, what she said was just, it was all in good fun. And you know what? And that's fine. Again, freedom of speech. People have the right to think what they want. I, however, disagree because I think it was hurtful. I think it was very, very hurtful. And I think it was indecorous, particularly as she is the mayor of the city. She's an elected official who is the mayor of the city. She is the president of the city. So I feel like, uh, to get back to my point, that 
there aren't really a whole lot of people or there are not enough people that are going to say, you know, that really wasn't appropriate because a lot of people are afraid to speak out. And that's another thing. I don't feel like there were as many people who were afraid to speak up and out when I was growing up. Now I feel like there are a lot more people who might think something, but they're quiet about it. Now, to be sure, there are more, peop- more people are getting vocal. That's for sure. So I don't want it to seem like I'm contradicting myself, but despite the number of people who are speaking out, um, despite the fact that there are more people speaking out, there's still a lot of fear. There's still a lot of fear, and it's, I mean, we need change. We need change. And it's not just about, well, if we had a new mayor, it would be different. It's it's going to take more than a new mayor because we just, I think we've gone in a direction, like I said, where we've gone from, well, we need to be more understanding. We need to be more inclusive. And that's always, these are always goals to shoot for. These are, these are admirable goals. But we've gone from that to some people can say and do whatever they want with impunity. And other people, uh, they have to watch everything they say and do for fear of being judged. And that, that doesn't seem right to me. So this show hasn't only been, obviously, about what Mayor Wu said at the St. Patrick's Day breakfast, but it, it's, it's, it's a springboard for a larger, broader discussion about what this all ultimately means. So on that note, I want to say thank you so much for hanging out with me. And I look forward uh, to uh, unpacking uh, another issue or set of issues next week. If you want to reach out to me, um, you always can. Uh, I'm on social media. And then you can always send me an email at chatbackwithrachel at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119 Attention WBCALP 102.9 FM If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org